G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney Review Show for the Mailbag. It was a fairly big card there at Randwick. There was some really standout performances uh, on the day and I think we should probably start off with uh, with race two and the highway winner. But before we do that, I'll introduce the, the team once more. Mark Shan, you've been at the two-year-old trials this morning. Uh, welcome back to the show and just give us a, a little quick summation of what you saw there at uh, Kensington today. Uh, yes, um probably down on, on recent years uh, for a, a lot of uh, depth in the trials. There were a couple of standouts there. There was a, a filly of Kieran Mars uh, who trialled well. Kalishnikov trialled quite well. I just can't... Uh, where have I put that sheet? Anywhere it's here somewhere. Um, but uh, Kieran Mars, there was a filly there. She won her trial uh, pretty easily. And Kalishnikov, probably the, the best of the standards, but there were some heats there. I commented to one person, uh, they walked around, looked like a narrow maiden. There was a couple of heats there where... There were some very uh, underdeveloped types, and um, I don't think we saw a lot of depth there. A couple of nice horses, but uh, maybe no superstars just yet. Okay. Mark Roden, you would have had a fairly busy week, I guess, with Newcastle leading into Randwick and so forth. Uh, How did you end up on the right side or the wrong side? Uh, right side for the week. Um, Saturday was a bit flat. I, I didn't get overly heavily involved with the, the shorter runners, so I was just sort of trying to... Find find winners out a bit wider, and I didn't didn't have much luck. But um, Wednesday and Friday in particular, pretty good. So we uh, we battle on. And Rob Scurry, it's your time of year. There's horses coming into preparations at different stages, and ones that you wouldn't have seen in a little while. If I had to give you one horse that really caught your eye on Saturday, which horse was it? Ice bath in the last. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've, I was scathing on that horse his first couple of runs. Uh, it looked pregnant first up. Yep. And then it just walked in, um, just dappled up, uh, trimmed down, relaxed, coat coat come through. Obviously, Daffle's coat come through. So, yeah, that, that was the one that really caught my eye. And I, and I even did my lucky three and a half unit play, which seems to be my, 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 the lucky number for my big bet. And, uh, yeah, everything lined up except, uh, yeah the jock but you know live and learn fool me once we'll, we'll let you <laughs> fool me twice on the day actually exactly yeah we'll, we'll let you have a go at glenn boss at some stage during the show but we'll start with race two which was the highway over the thousand meters they've gone fast for the class four lengths fast to the 600 but really it's all just about the the winner here in it's me it's recorded the second biggest figure on the day on the punting form data 11.2 lengths above the all average which is only just behind colding um, Rob, just give us a quick overview of, of how you've seen this horse so far and what sort of type is it? I think we said last time it's the best highway type since Noble Boy. Um, and it just it looked like it, it just come on only marginally from its first up run, but it still you know stood out to me as like a proper proper horse. And, you know, for, for me to have a bit of a go on something at, at even money uh, mm. for the subscribers is a very, very rare, rare thing. And I, I just thought it would win. And, and after I saw the first race with the, with the running line um, being, you know, winning the race and running the Quinella, maybe even the trifecta, I just thought, well, this is going to, you know, get wide and come down the outside and, and just win. And it, it, looked, it looked like it was going to do that 350 out. It just looked like I had them covered there. Mark Sheen, what's your impression on this horse? It's me, and I guess it's probably a difficult question to ask, but do you get an idea of or a ceiling of where this horse might be able to fit in the scheme of things? Well, you don't see highway horses at their second and third start running the, the quickest last 600 of the day when there's mm. group races on the program. So 
Um, and look, the only concern was probably that it already secured a slot in the COS. Yosko was back in distance and whether it would be a bit underdone, well, I don't know about that. That's absolutely bolted in. It's one by five pulling up and he hardly moved on it. And uh, as Rob mentioned, probably still improvement to come. So, um, you know, you could be looking at a very good mare here. Mark Roden, anything out of the race from your perspective? Uh, it'll be a good, very good reference for future highways. Um, this this winner's obviously going to the Kosciuszko. Uh, 350 is probably overs just looking at this early early market. I mean, they've got a, most of the early markets have a host of runners under $15 and they're just, the bulk of them, I just couldn't get anywhere near this, uh, this thing. Um, so it really does seem to have that race at its mercy. But um, look, just on my figure, some of these, I mean, Cracknick's run, run to a better figure than it's ever run before, running second. Toto's nearly gone to its best, and it's still very green. Leo's a, a highway winner. And they've all rated their marks, getting beaten four, five, six lengths, which just shows the, the strength of this race. But also that some of these uh, that finished, you know, second to sixth will be competitive in highways when they uh, reappear too. Yeah, I think Leo was a very good run there, Mark, too. We uh, had a checkered passage all the way through. Probably should have run second, really. Uh, but certainly the winner to one to follow. OK, we'll touch on race four, which was the T-Rose Stakes over 1,400 for the three-year-old fillies, the group two. And I guess the whole conversation is mostly going to be about Dame Giselle, who won from Hungry Heart. Um, Rob, give us just a quick uh, overview of how these two looked. And was there anything else in the field that you were taken with? Oh, look, I, th I thought Dame Giselle just looked perfect. Um, she'd come on, she'd trim down a little bit. She's a real, real pro, so she had to go out on top. Um, Hungry Heart, um, maybe a bit of a, the boom starting to come off, but she, she, maybe it's going to be better suited to the mile. Uh, I was quite impressed with Montefilia. I, I can't remember her looking, you know, being that big and rangy as a two as a two-year-old. So, so she sort of filled filled out or last preparation. I guess she was a two-year-old then. Um, so yeah, I thought it was those three. Still think uh, Thermosphere's got a bit of improvement to come. Every Rose as well. I think I think there there might be a race for them somewhere. Um, as they, they still look a little bit underdone to me. Mark Sheen, uh, when you have a look at the race, Hungry Hearts obviously has the starting price, slight starting price advantage over Dame Giselle and probably lost a little bit of momentum at the top of the straight there, still recorded some good splits off the relatively slow tempo. Would you be siding with it over Dame Giselle if they were to meet again? Look, I think the fact that Thermosphere got outside Hungry Heart in the run and she couldn't improve when she wanted to get rolling and then it developed into the sprint home was the undoing of Hungry Heart. She was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time with Thermosphere outside her. Uh, we saw last year in the flight stakes that uh, Funstar turned the tables on Probabil by a significant way. I think if Hungry Heart can get in a position where she can start rolling rather than the sit sprint, I think it might be a different result. I thought Miravar was outstanding from the back here. This was a horse who was ridden on speed last start at Warwick Farm and uh, they rode her right back in a slowly run race on Saturday. I think she's going to the spring champion now, which she's firmed into... Uh, third favourite with the news this morning that Mawanga will not run in the race. So she could be one for that race. Mark Roden, how are you assessing uh, the form coming out of this race? And do you have a, uh, one of the horses that you would prefer to side with going forward? Uh, I, I tend to agree with Mark. I think I think Hungry Heart's going to be the one that is best suited at the mile of the flight, start, uh, flight stakes when they're next going to reappear. Uh, just looking at the pre-post betting, Best price, Hungry Heart is two sixty. Best price, Dame Giselle, four or five dollars. I think mm -hmm. that's too big a gap. Uh, 
I would certainly be learning to hungry heart, but the um, you know the fights it ended up a very small field last year with the two dominant fillies in it. It could be a slow race again, which would give Dame Giselle a chance of um, beating Hungry Heart again. And uh, Montefilli is going to be fitter, and it uh, looks like she's looking for the mile. Uh, she is. Yeah. Uh, I actually backed Montefilli. I was hoping she might be able to bob up and be, you know, be the different form on Saturday. She ran quite well, as did Vangelic. I don't know that she's got the quality to you know turn the table on, turn the tables on the uh, the, the others, uh, especially at sixteen hundred. But she was game again on Saturday. But there's not not any real depth um, in the Phillies ranks, and the, the fight stakes is going to be a pretty thin market again, I think. Vangelic almost looks to me like a horse that could come down to Melbourne and knock off one of those black type races down here, just with the pure difference in class. But uh, yes. we'll, we might yes. leave that. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what it is. Run can go there and win a stakes race. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we get odds as well. Uh, race five, the Bill Ritchie over 1,400, the Group 3 quality. Uh, look, probably Bill just lobbed in a perfect spot, but they've gone incredibly slow here. 11.4 uh, lengths slow to the 600, and it's just developed into that sprint home. Uh, Rob, probably Bill was just a clear yard on top for you. Yeah, she just, um, just relaxed uh, much more than she was first up. Uh, walk, just walked really well and uh, just improved a little bit in condition. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of horses here that you, that probably need to be retired. Um, so there wasn't many um, chances to beat her. And, you know, when I'm looking at Reloaded, um, which is a horse I've never liked, um, then we've got Brandenburg, who just looked underdone still to me. And then one of my old favourite horses, uh, Cuba, um, you know, when I'm considering him, uh, then you know this this had to be a big bet, and, and once he pinged the gates and found that spot, it was it was a very easy watch. She did she does hit a flat spot uh, about the 500. I was a little bit concerned, but but not too concerned uh, when I thought, oh, she's only got to get past Cuba. Surely she can get past Cuba, <laughs> and she did. So yeah, um, I think she's on on track for the Epsom. She'll be in the top few in the market. Um, I want to follow Cuba out of the race as well. Uh, Brandenburg can improve, but he's never been my horse, so I'll probably take him on. Mark Sheehan, what are we doing with this race? It was a very slow tempo. The, the favourites won, got the job done. But you've got a horse like De Duzart, which really hasn't done anything in Australia, running fourth at 100 to 1, beaten 2.4 lengths. Um, do you have any opinions going forward? Look, I thought it was a great ride for McAvoy. He summed it up early by bouncing her out, getting her in the, in the perfect position. I think De Duzart uh, was a terrific run. First run in blinkers and uh, looked well above himself to my eye. He looked better than he did at Rose Hill where he was very sweaty, was still big and uh, had a lot of improvement. So uh, just looking at his runs overseas in Ireland, uh, he might be a horse who will certainly stretch out over a mile and a half. So once he gets to longer races, so I would certainly be looking for him. As um, Rob mentioned, Brandenburg just sweated up before the race, reloaded, very one-paced. I don't want to be on him in anything. So uh, I think there was a race. He had to win the position she was in in the 1-1. Mark Roden, Probabil, what price did you have it before the race? I wanted I wanted two seventy to back her and they bet two seventy and I was looking at it and I got Rob's message, you know, he's really strong on it and it took, the price just went down and I ended yep. up staying out. But anyway, that's that's life. Um, I pretty much agree with everything Mark said as to the you know, the, the format of this race and going forward out of it. Um, it hasn't rated very well. The the, the times and sections just aren't there. But Probabil does have another level in her. So she'll be competitive in the Epsom. I don't know if she's um, deserves to be favourite. I'd have to give that more thought, but um, she's she's heading the right way. Um, 
yeah, Deduzda probably run of the race outside the winner, and um, yeah, that that reloaded. I, I, it's just going to need speed on, and you know, be Johnny on the spot one day because he's got no turn of foot at all. What about Cuba? Can he go down to oh, Melbourne? Look, Cuba's a great horse to back because he puts himself in the race. Um, yeah, he's you know run up to about his figure. Um, he, you know, when he finds form and. He was first up, wasn't he? So I mean, he's he first up. He improves. He improves. Like, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, and then, yeah, just exactly the sort of horse I like backing in his right race because he um, takes luck out of the equation. He does. One day he was first up at Warwick Farm. He was at fourteen hundreds. Yeah. Uh, Nick is shaking. He went from sixes out to tens. I backed him all the way out on a Wednesday. Got done <laughs> on the line. Ah, it's awful. But yeah, I love that horse. Big. He's a big, strong bugger, and you know he he can go four or five runs this prep. So. I don't know where he'll get to, but you know, if he goes down to Melbourne and on on pace Valley like he did that to the other the other prep, um, yeah, yep. he's got a win in him for sure. Yep. Uh, race six was the Group One George Main Stakes over the mile. Colding managed to get itself after a few nervous moments early just to sit outside the leader. Uh, it was very nice of imaging with Karen McAvoy on board just to just sneak slightly just to let Colding in. Um, <laughs> But uh, in the end, Chris Wallace trained the first four home. Star of the Seas uh, was bolting for a run, finally got through when it was just a bit too late and very elegant. Obviously had a check and run in passage. But it must be said, on, on the Friday, there, there was a bit of lay money for very elegant around that 250, 260 mark on the exchange, which was quite surprising to the tune of about $12,000. Uh, Mark Sheen, do you have an opinion on why that might have been? Uh, not sure, I suppose. People thought it might have been a tactical race and that she mapped back on the fence, uh, mm. which which it turned out, um, and that, that dry track. Um, just look at the head on there. Uh, at her start where she won, she looked, you know, nice and straight to the line with that sting out of the track. But there on Saturday, she seemed to get the head on the side and laboured a little bit on the drier track. So I'm starting to think that re really she needs a bit of cut out of the track now. T to my eye, I didn't like her action and her head manners there over the concluding stages on that dry track. Okay, and are you going to be following, I guess, any of these runners, or is it really just a case-by-case -case proposition for well, a lot I of these horses? I think Colding got into the right spot. Like, I, I was on him last start, and I thought he was within a position to win there the other day, and uh, I didn't back him on Saturday. Um, look, he lobbed in a good spot, and probably a step up to a mile and a dry track suited him. So, you know, good luck to him. He's getting fitter with every run. He's a big, strong type, so um, start of the season, a bit unlucky. He didn't get the run at the right time. Imaging, uh, look, I, I thought he'd win the Epsom coming into that race on Saturday. Thought he could have just done a touch better, um, but he's another one who might just like a little bit of give in the track. Yeah, just seemed to peak over the last 200 metres, didn't he? Um, Rob, what do you think out of the yard? They probably just all looked good, didn't they? They all look good here. Um, the only one that is still way off is uh, Colette. She's, she's improved from her first run, um, but she's still um, you know, way off her top, I'd say. Um, but yeah, all the Waller horses paraded perfect Waller. Um, Avilia sucked me in again. I, I nearly stayed out of it. You know, mm -hmm. I was flying at this stage. I was, I was really trying to, trying to, and then I, yeah. And so then we had a, I just thought maybe with a small field, you might be able to stay close enough, but he seems to have lost the zest for racing. Yeah, he really lost contact there at certain points. And then he seemed to be laying all over Colette in the, in the straight as well. Um, Mark Roden, how are you reprice? Oh, do you first of all do you reprice the race once uh, once you've done your analysis? And if so, what are you doing with these horses going forward? Uh, I, I I don't do every race, but if there's a race that I want to sort of mm. almost redo the form on, I will. Um, I didn't actually do it in this race. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't have a great deal to say about these. I, I mean, they're just going to go where they go, and if they're suited, they're suited. You know, most yeah. of them are handicappers rather than wait-for-age horses, I would suggest. Um, and with the exception of the winner, they, they could all be better on my tracks. Certainly very elegant, but but all of them, you know, Imaging, Star of the Seas, uh, even Colette, all their best marks are on, on wet. So that that could be what uh, what the bulk of them are waiting for. I don't know. Um, there was a bit of commentary straight after the race, a very elegant sort of lost its chance with that bit of buffeting at the 300, but I don't think you can make that excuse yeah. for it, I, I'd, I'd have to say. It was either it was either the dry ground or uh, just a come off a pretty tough run first up to second up. That's that's the only uh, plausible excuse, excuses in my book, uh, but I'd be learning to the wet track thing there for sure. Okay, sure. All right, race seven was clearly the most uh, interesting race of the day, in my opinion. The shorts over 1,100 metres, the group two, and uh, Classique Legends, after, I guess, not really getting the, the best run in transit, really just unleashed late to, to record some outstanding final splits off a slow tempo. Uh, they've gone four lengths slow to the 600. Rob, there's plenty of horses here that you would have had to go through and assess, but I guess probably for me, the, the first five across the line are the most interesting. Uh, Classique Legend, Eduardo, Bivouac, Dirty work and standout. How do you rate those five? Oh, all very well. I think I think they're all in, just about in the numbers with my old mate Ball of Muscle. Mm. Um, but I, I think I percent standout out on top. I, I thought he'd he'd really um, filled out, grown. Um, his coat we seemed forward, so he just went out on top. Uh, classic, you know, then Ball of Muscle, um, then, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um, Classic Legend, who just he looked a bit underdone. He looked half asleep. Um, but, you know, I've seen many champion sprinters look half asleep, walk mm. around, not, you know, bat an eye. And um, dirty work, um, I was hoping to see uh, more improvement because I've been noticing this, this Haw the Hawks runners have been really improving uh, second up. Happened again with Rock on, on at Newcastle. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he just, I was hoping to see more. I, I know he is a bit of a roly-poly type, um, but, yeah, he, he's, he can still certainly improve a fair bit. Um, the fit horse here, and, you know, on reflection was a good each-way bet, was Eduardo. He looked, he looked at top, uh, great attitude, like what I'd describe as a sharp attitude. And, um, yeah, uh, did I miss one? Uh, bivouac. Uh, he's, ne he's, he's, he's never been really one of mine, but he paraded really, really well, like as you'd expect, um, good condition on him, Sh half a short, you know, a bit, little bit short of a run, but, but you know, focused, relaxed, and um, can certainly improve. Mark Sheen, it was a messy race. There was a lot of horses that lost momentum at one stage or another. Eduardo's run second after sitting three wide without cover. Uh, how are you assessing this race going forward? Yeah, I don't think three wide without cover was an actually a disadvantage there. They didn't look like they flew, as you mentioned, with the times there. So I think Classique Legend is certainly the one to take out of the race. Lost his spot at a vital stage. He did look a bit roly-poly, but he has won like that before. But he'll certainly keep improving. And he was most unlucky in the Everest last year. Arguably, he's um, progressed and got a bit stronger this time in again. So um, you could only think that he would improve again off the run. Uh, Bivouac went a lot better than I thought he would. Uh, he was posted in a bad spot all the way, and I thought he charged up to win, and that's not normally his go because I think he's a horse who really needs a soft run for him to mm. sit and then explode away. I thought that was a good run from him. Uh, didn't like the look of dirty work in the yard, as Rob said. I thought he went backwards from his run before, and away from that, uh, there was nothing I liked. The catalyst looked light, and uh, I didn't like the look of him in the yard. So all about the winner for me. 
Mark Roden, what are we doing to the horse like Standout, uh, who was commissioned, uh, I guess, earlier on in betting, and he's recorded a really big split from the 400 to the 200 and then just peaked towards the end. Uh, are we making excuses for Standout? Uh, I don't think he's a Group 1 wait-for-age sprinter, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's probably Group 2, Group 3, um, at wait-for-age level at least. Uh, yeah, I think Classic Legend is the only one I would be considering, you know, in terms of the big races like the Everest coming up. Dirty work was a little bit un unlucky. Interesting to say here, both Mark and Rob say that it had gone backwards from first up. I, I was on it, and that, yeah, that's, uh, yes. Lizzie, Lizzie didn't say that. Tip of the yard, and then Les Bridge got stuck into her. How good was that? <laughs> oh, I missed that. But <laughs> Excellent. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, um, Hugh Bowman came up on Bivouac and sort of um, shut him in when he was looking to make his run just before the turn. And interestingly, um, in the steward's room, Tommy yeah. Berry said he uh, the horse has, only has a short sprint anyway. And he, that's why he didn't want to expose it from about the 600. He was trying to stay in behind him as long as he could. And he got he, uh, almost got flushed out by Hugh Bowman, but then couldn't get out anyway. But um, that said, he, he couldn't get past Eduardo in the last 100. So I'm not arguing he was uh, especially unlucky or anything. But, but um, yeah, classic, classic legends, the uh, run of the race. It was a great effort by Kay McAvoy to get into the running line from his awkward mm. gait. But after that, he, he did race in the restricted room and I believe he's run very late and really launched. Um, this isn't the, the absolute triple A grade form. Going to the Everest is the nature strip detrail trail on the, And they, classic legend would need them to be off to win, I think. Just on Nature Strip, he uh, kicked J-Mac off in the trial this morning. Yep. Um, so what happens there going forward towards uh, the next start? I don't think it's much different. He, he yeah. had a hit out on his own there. He yeah. went around the outside fence and then gave the pony a bit of a run for his money after that. So <laughs> he's had a bit of a hit out this morning. So uh, um, no, I think it'd be, but he's got a few tricks, hasn't he? Hasn't he? What? Never a dull moment with him. God. That poor pony trying to chase nature strip. That will uh, someone get the replay of that. There will be outstanding viewing, I think, once more. Uh, race eight was the Kingston Town Stakes over two thousand metres. Group three, Taikamochi logged in a perfect spot on a very fast tempo, uh, five and a half lengths fast to the six hundred, and managed to keep going through the line. Shared ambition loomed up, and again just seemed to peak late over the concluding stages, and Brim and Rocks was uh, pretty solid after getting a nice and aggressive ride from Nashville. Weller, Rob, again, plenty of horses at different stages of their prep. Uh, who caught your eye here in Kingston Town? Uh, Brigham Rocks went out on top. I, you know, I backed this horse in the Epsom when he got beat a pimple by, you know, some horses at Katoomba now. Um, might not be Katoomba, but, you know, one of those horses that just sort of peak and then where do they go? Uh, so he, he went out on top. I, I thought Zabrowski really come on, but, I, you know, Mark Sheen's words were ringing in my ears. Maybe he is a wet tracker. I think I even said that on the text message. Um, so, yeah, I put him in. And another one of these Hawks horses that are progressing well as they, you know, from their... I think it's third up now, so it's not quite that second up thing. But uh, so there was him, the other Waller horse. You know, they always parade well. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, number two. Uh, number two. Life less ordinary. Life less ordinary. Yeah, he, he just just maybe half a run short, and so not quite my perfect Waller, but um, just just you know look look really well. And you know, Taika Monchi's got away from me. I know he sweats up. He always does. Um, you know, uh, and. Um, 
you know, I was on him earlier in the prep and um, yeah, he's, he's got away from him, gone away from me. So, but on the whole, pretty average bunch here, you know, bring him up, still standing out two years on, like, come on. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> um, he, could be, he could be running around in June, you know, over 2000 meters, Takamachi, you know what I mean? Like who are this, this, this is garbage. Well, I guess Wugok uh, didn't have the greatest run in transit. He was sort of doing a lot of work wide and eventually got his way towards the front and he's been beaten two and a half lengths into seventh. He, um, he did look excellent, Wugok. He was, he was an at-top waller, coat was glowing, and I said if it if was a bit more given than the track, we would have had a play on him. Yeah, But he might have been sent around as, um, a bit of, to do a bit of donkey work. Mark Sheen, lots of angles going into the race, lots of angles coming out of it. Is there a couple that you think you'll be following going forward? Oh, well, I've, I've had my, my eye on Sheen Ambition and Rondinella uh, recently, and I thought mm. they both performed quite well looking at races over 2,400 metres. I think just the race fit horse got into the right spot here, Taikamachi, and was just too tough for them at the finish. I thought Sheen Ambition, as you say, I thought he was a moral there at the 300, but just seemed to peak on his run there late. Rondinella hit the line quite well and I didn't think Carriff was too bad late. I think once he gets to Melbourne in like a race like the Lexus or the Hotham or whatever they call it now, um, you know, he could be working on towards a Melbourne Cup even. He's that sort of plotting type. But I think those horses down the outside running on late uh, all were decent runs, the, the three that I've mentioned there. Brim Rock's also a very good run. So I just think Tiger Mochi just got into the right spot. Mark Roden, uh, you had a little bit of time for Girl Tuesday. Did it suck you in once more? No, thankfully. I <laughs> I, had, I had another look at who was riding it and, and so <laughs> um, Yeah, not much to say about this. I mean, I suppose a fair few of these will uh, turn up in um, a fortnight's time in the Metropolitan, uh, where they, I'm pretty sure, will be running into Magatu, who was a better horse than these at this stage, I would suggest, um, and looks pretty fairly weighted. I think he's got 56 or something. Um, yeah, sh shared ambition um, got into a much better spot in the run than I thought he might from his gate. Um, the field did break right up and he got into the, the running line. Um, I too thought he was the winner in the run once once he got that, that I mean, he was a fair way off him, but he had a, a reasonable run in transit. Uh, but yeah, that, that last 50, 100 metres suggests he's a, a runaway. He, he, he's probably the one that um, has the upside out of the race and Ronda Nella, as Mark said. But um, I would think, yeah, shared ambition would probably have to go to a new level to be um, beating the Gatu, I think. I don't, uh, it's just a bit of a tease, that shared ambition. It's not my kind of horse uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, look no, at, that, to look at. Yeah. And well, he always seems he to, to be. To, he would have to go to a, a new peak to, to beat yeah. the Gatu in the next one. Can I say it's a mugger too? Hey, oh, I'm going the... Um, what's that? He's Latin. <laughs> Sorry. Look, we have to touch on race nine as well. Uh, Ice Bath, G-Boss, Creoderis, Hugh Bowman. It's just... It's heroes. Of, you know, you look at it. Oh, it's just... It's <laughs> wonderful. And Academy's just sort of just sitting there and just waiting for something to come up and beat it and nothing did. Um... Mark Sheen, are you going to fall into ice bath once more, or is that it? How bad enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how did you not back her, Mark, this time? Remember, I walked past you and I said, look at her. I'm just saying, I'm not backing it again. I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't what know a, whether it needs a set of blinkers or winkers or something. I don't know. It just was well, You know what it needs. You know what it needs. <laughs> no, well, don't, don't mention that. You might get fined 10000 um, <laughs> Look, I, I can't believe Academy's won this. What do we 
kilos and giving three and a half kilos to Ice Bath. I, I just I thought this was a two horse race, but I, uh, as I said on Thursday, I thought Crea Dearest might you know need a lot of luck to win bigger field and get back. Well, um, I think we should start a poll. Was Farnham a worse ride or was Crea Dearest uh, a worse ride? Just from punters' perspective, because. Um, well, it uh, was in a lot of pain coming to the home turn, wasn't it? And how it has run third uh, is a miracle. It's, it's the best last 200 of the whole card, isn't it, I think? Uh, better well, than the spinners. They come from last in 1400s at Ram. Yeah, they yeah. just don't. It's an I mean, it, did, it did map poorly, to be, to be fair. But poorly, absolutely. It... But it wasn't entitled to get that close, was it? Oh, no, no. A very promising horse, I think. I'm going to absolutely have to be on Ice Bath next start after what you've just said as well. <laughs> uh, it was the fastest last 200 of the card, 11.10 seconds there, Criadiris. So even with all that in mind, it still managed to dig itself out and have a red-hot go. Uh, but oh, we, will, we, will, we will put up that uh, poll, I think. We'll see what happens uh, as a result. Uh, we'll find a horse to follow out of the meeting. If there's one, maybe two. Let us know. Rob, Scurry, I'll start with you. Who do you like? I said Ice Bath. You know, if, yeah. with, with a jockey change, this horse is now, you know, it's blooming, whereas before it looked, um, you know, like it was out of the paddock in winter. Uh, so, um, obviously, it's going to maybe, it just, just needs a jockey change. And, and it, 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 was, it was half slowly away as well. So, um, yeah, maybe that. And, and Creadiris, obviously, in this race as well, that that had really improved. I saw that at Kenzo. He, he looked shaggy that day, so he 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 trimmed down a little bit. So he's going to go well, but um, you know, I guess you're not going to get any price price for that. Punters love the the flashing light run, don't they? Yeah, like exactly. a theory. Yep. Yeah. No, yep, right. That's a fair <laughs> call. Uh, Mark Chain for yourself. A couple to follow. Um, I've got uh, a few here. I think Bound to Win in the first. He got left six lengths, and then. Yeah. Um, he got pocketed behind two horses that were 35 lengths off the lead and it still managed to, to beat about four home. I thought it was a fantastic run. I thought Miravale in a very unsuited uh, T-Rose um, when it was written very differently to its previous start, uh, I think once it gets up over a bit of ground. And that uh, to do start, well, I thought that was a big improver from what I'd seen previously and the blinkers on there. On Saturday, I think it'll improve immensely uh, fitness-wise and especially over a little bit more ground. So they're the ones for me to follow. And Mark Roden, round us off. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my one Montefilia. Uh, I don't know if it's actually the flight stakes, but I reckon there'll be a race for her this spring somewhere. Wakeful. Wakeful, or that, that ethereal think, in Melbourne? Um, I think they said it's going to the spring champion. I is think it? It's oh. Flight. Okay. Champion and then possibly Melbourne. So okay. it's, uh, it's in the like third pick now in the spring champion with Moanga going yeah. for the Golden Rose or the Caulfield Guineas uh, and with my money down the tube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I won't be missing Cuba as well wherever he goes. All right. Outstanding. Uh, thank you all. We'll be joining up again once more next week to review uh, this week ahead. Um, Golden I don't race. even know what's happening. It is a golden race, yep. Uh, do we have any early thoughts on that race uh, with Mwanga going there versus Rothfire and a few others? I'll be taking on Mwanga. He ran a lot slower sectionals than Rothfire on the same mm. day. I know they were different type of races. Um, I have to get into a little bit more depth, but uh, you'd think Rothfire, just looking at the, the makeup of the field, is 
would probably get a very soft lead in that race. Uh, would you agree, boys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah would appear to be a case. Looking for the future win market. Yeah, it's... Uh... Should bolt in. Cannot. It looks like an absolute living certainty. Roth fired against Moanga. Oh, God. <laughs> Do dollar ten. Head to head. Yeah, must be a dollar oh one. Just mark it a dollar. Yeah, mark it a dollar. <laughs> All right, Rob, we'll, we we won't need you then, Rob, for uh, for the preview <laughs> show. But I'll I'll join uh, Mark Shan and Mark Roden on Thursday to take a look at the Golden Rose. By the sounds of things, will take twenty five seconds. Outstanding. <laughs> Until then, guys, have a good week.